All right, the Lord is good. All right, let's open our Bibles quickly. Let's um, declare the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ again. I love that one that we do all the time from the book of Jeremiah chapter 10. It's a beautiful one, so we're going to just do it again today. I like Jeremiah chapter 10 because of a particular line that is there. Remember, we are going to take a declaration of this into the air. I just want to tell you that God is alive. You don't doubt that. You have never doubted that, all right? Uh The one I want to say, just to affirm your faith, is that he's working in your life. Actively, not passively. Actively, that he's plotting, he's planning. The only problem he has is, hey, you, don't disturb me. Don't cooperate with me. That's the main issue he has, all right? Number one, he's working in your life. Say amen. Amen. And he's working in this nation. I have too many reasons to understand that. He's actively working in this nation. He's working. So if you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. Say amen like you believe it. Amen. Say after me, say, the Lord is working. The Lord is working. In this land. In this land. The Lord is working. The Lord is working. In this nation. In this nation. The Lord is accomplishing his purpose. The Lord is accomplishing his purpose. In this land. In this land. Say, the Lord is working. All things are working together to fulfill his purpose. All things are working together to fulfill his Say, all things are working together to fulfill the purpose of the Lord. All things are working together to fulfill the purpose of the Lord. In this land. In this land. Say the agenda of man, agenda of man will not prosper. Will not prosper. It, can't prosper. it can't prosper. Only at the agenda of the Lord will prosper. Only at the agenda of the Lord will prosper. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know, people are already plotting 2023. Now, I said something the other day. Let me just remind us. 2023, you know when we decide? Who will be president? Now. Not next year. Now. Now, who do you want to be president? Don't worry. It doesn't matter. Where should they come from? Don't worry. It's irrelevant. I hope you're getting my point. It's irrelevant. The reason why people see some things that they say is because they have their own plans by which certain things will come to pass. I'm going to talk about that again today. Please, Christians, don't get involved in some of these nonsense prayers. Praying for true federalism. Praying for um, restructuring. Pray. Don't pray such prayers. Those prayers are not good. They are satanic prayers. They are prayers you know, built on minding the things of man and trying to amplify the wisdom of man. The only prayer you can pray is what? Let your kingdom come. What's the prayer? Let your kingdom come. Say it again. That's the only prayer you can pray. That the kingdom of God will come. Because whatever the kingdom meets on ground, the Bible says his kingdom rules over all. He rules over monarchy. He rules over federalism. His kingdom rules over democracy. His kingdom rules over communism. Yes, he ruled over communism. We saw it. So, but communism thrived for a while. There was a reason. God already said the expiry date before they started. I hope you are getting my point. His kingdom does what? Rules over all. His kingdom rules over all. Don't get involved in all those funny prayers. You want to pray for the next presidential elections in Nigeria? Just say, Lord, number one, have mercy on us. That's, look, that's why you pray, how you pray. One, Lord, have mercy upon this land. Have mercy upon the people. Have mercy upon your church. Have mercy. You know what have mercy means? Have mercy means don't deal with us 
according to the multitude of our iniquity. That's the meaning of have mercy. Because if you don't pray that prayer, if God deals with us according to the multitude of our iniquity, <laughs> he said he will hand the Egyptian over into the hands of a cruel master. And God wants to deal with people. He gives them a cruel master and says, that's your president. And if you disobey him, God will come against you. There was a time he gave Israel over to the hand of the Babylonians. And he said, anyone that would not submit to the Babylonians will die. I hope you know God does not practice democracy the way we practice it. He has his plan. Anyway, he's working in our lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. So that's the first thing you pray. You pray that, Lord, have mercy. Which simply means we know we have sinned. We don't deserve the blessing. But how? Like somebody said, with all the mercy in heaven and with all the sin we have here, what are you doing with all the mercy? What do you want us to do with the sin? We have to exchange. <laughs> Say, Lord, you have too much mercy. You have to use it somewhere. Say, Lord, use it here. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, we're not saying we deserve it. We're just saying that mercy is overflowing in your presence. Have mercy on us. That's number one. Number two, you pray. Say, Lord, let your kingdom come. And whoever will promote that kingdom, the manifestation, Lord, install him for us. That's how you pray. Don't give God any nonsense thing like, is it turn of the south? You are a God of justice. He'll just close your channel. Not to shut down somebody's channel. Just touch a button. Your prayer will not pass through again. That's it. So don't utter such statements. Say, Lord, you have a man. Of course, when we say man, I can be a woman. Are you getting my point? A man of your purpose, install such a one in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the enemies of your purpose, let them not prosper. When you are praying like that, be careful. Though. Lest, lest you be one of the enemies of purpose. Many Christians are enemies of purpose. Those are the kind of prayers you pray. You say, Lord, bring prosperity. Bring safety. Preserve us in our going out and in our coming in. Have mercy upon us. Eradicate the plagues and violence from the land. I hope, you see how we are praying? We know what we want. You know, let me tell you the truth here. Many of us may not like a particular president because he's from one part of the country we don't like. All right? Or whatever be your problem. But if that individual will give you a job, <laughs> give you big jobs, you get my point? Suddenly so help you, you know, call you a special consultant to the federal government. I hope you're getting my point. They write a decree or whatever, give some orders, and then violence stops. And you're traveled up and down, rail lines everywhere. Then Naira against the dollar stabilizes at a good rate, and then rice is being produced. And we're now exporting rice, and Dangote's refinery is flowing. When the guy said, give me a tenth term, he said, Ross, what are we doing with terms? I mean, come on, take as many as you want. All these complaints sometimes when people are doing things we don't like. I hope you're getting my point. So when you want to pray, don't solve that problem for God with your own wisdom. Ask God for exactly what you want done. The Lord gave me a revelation a few days ago, and I've just realized I don't ask God for money again. That's why you don't ask God for Yes, it's a new revelation. Me and God, we don't discuss money. Because money is a tool. So the thing we want to accomplish with the money, let's discuss it. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's not, Lord, give us this billion so that we can do this. No, no, God, let's help us to do this. Because sometimes he gets it done without the billions. Do you get my logic? 
He said, give me this amount of money so I can do this. God said, no, the money is not important. He want that thing done. Ask for that issue. Ask for that matter. Ask for that thing. If you say, Lord, please find me $3,000. I need to go to America and come back. It's for my ticket and this. And God said, all right, no problem. I'm not giving you $3,000. I'm giving you a free ride on the private jet. What will you say? Say, like, forget that three thousand. Which person three thousand dollars? Three thousand nonsense dollars. We don't want. Is that not what? I hope you get my point. When we are praying, like for, like, we want to pray for twenty twenty three. We are going to do that again today. We specifically ask God for the things that we really want. What do we want? That we can live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness before God. Is that not all? David was not. He didn't have a term limit. I hope you get my point. But Israel till today, they are wishing for his kingdom to return, the kingdom of David. Because under him, my father, they became an empire. He set a stage for the prosperity that Solomon now amplified. Nobody dared come near their land. Joab and Co. will eat you. They have so much peace that till today, natural Israel, they are still wishing and praying for the return of the kingdom of David. The Lord is good. All right. Quickly, Jeremiah chapter 10. Let's read it together, everybody. By declaring the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Now you are going to declare loudly. One, two, let's go. From verse 6. You know, we're starting from verse 6, right? And you know our simple rule. Join with the version we use normally to make it easy. One, two, let's go. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are all together stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is is wood. Beating silver is brought from Tarshish, and gold from Ophers. The work of a craftsman, and the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and popular, their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is a true God. He is a living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Read verse 10 again. But the Lord is a true God. He is a living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Verse 11. Thus you shall say to them, the God that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Read it again. Thus you shall say to them, say it, the God that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Now, give that prophecy again. The God that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from Say it one more time. The God that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Please say it one more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Now, let's go on to verse 12. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth and makes lightning for the rain. And brings out the wind from his storehouses. 14. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his molten images are deceitful. There is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. 
In the time of their punishment, they will perish. Read that again, verse 15. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. All right, 16. The portion of Jacob is not like this. For the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Father, thus we have declared the lordship of Jesus over this land. Amen. Say amen like you believe it. Amen. We say that Jesus is Lord. Amen. We say he's the king of kings. Amen. He's the Lord of lords. Amen. We declare that all things were made by the word of his power. Amen. And they are sustained by the word of his power. Amen. Everyone, every organization, every religion that denies the lordship of Jesus will perish from under the heavens and from the surface of this earth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Like communism, they will perish Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Amen. You know, like I say all the time, every nation that institutionalizes the denial of Jesus, they are going down. Amen. It's not a prayer, it's a prophetic word. Every nation, every organization on this earth that institutionalizes the denial of the lordship of Jesus is going down. Amen. No matter how beautiful they are today, they will go down. Amen. No matter how beautiful they look today, they will go down. Amen. You know, sometimes people, they go to Dubai, they go to all those countries around there. So, oh, so beautiful, so beautiful. I say, listen, if you want to remain beautiful, warn the people. Because if you keep on denying the lordship of Jesus... He says, Dost thou art, you know, desert thou art, to desert thou shall return. That decree has gone forth. I'm not the one that said it to. I hope you think, I hope you know I'm not a prophet. My name is Amos. I should go and change my name to Amos. They say, Amos, stop prophesying. He said, ah, Do I look like a prophet? He said, I'm neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet. He said, I'm a keeper of sycamore trees and I keep some goods. Well, what are you doing? I have a message. I have to deliver it. This prophet calling me prophet. He must say I'm not a prophet. I'm just delivering a message. So I'm not prophesying like a prophet. I'm delivering the message. I'm delivering the message. He said, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth and will not turn back. What is this way? To me, every knee will bow. Every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. And anyone who disagrees with this will be put to shame. So I say it again. Every nation, every institution, every organization that institutionalizes the denial of Jesus as Lord is going down. Amen. You see names like big universities in the world. You hear that Harvard, Princeton. They say that there is no God. Every organization, every university that makes the foundation of their learning, the denial of the Lord, and who says there is no God, they will go down. Amen. They will go bankrupt. Amen. I don't, if the name is Harvard, Harvard is dead. Yes, by this decree, they are going down. I don't care what the name is. When uh, one particular university, I've forgotten the name of the university, any man came out from there, Charles Towns, he won a Nobel Prize. They wanted to publish his um, report, his speech, with which he accepted the uh, John Templeton Prize, which tries to show the relationship between the spiritual and the physical. And he explained that the idea for which he got the Nobel Prize came to him as an inspiration. He shared the Nobel Prize with somebody else for that particular year, 1960-something, Nobel Prize for Physics. 
After they published that thing a few years ago, not too long ago, I don't think it's up to 20 years ago, the chief financier of that, one of the men who give to that university, he demanded that they should withdraw, they should withdraw that particular publication. Otherwise, he won't give them money again. Why? Because this man tried to explain that he had an inspiration and that what he got to make progress in physics, advanced physics, is the same thing that prophets get to prophesy. For that, he got a, the John Templeton um, Award. And when it was like, when he, they published that in the University uh, Journal, and one man threatened that if, if they don't withdraw that thing and stop publishing such nonsense, he stop giving them money. Now listen to me, if you are like that. I don't care who you sacrifice to get money, whether it's your father or your first son, or your wife and all your children, or your whole village. No matter what excuse you manage to get spiritual forces to cooperate to give you money, I declare you bankrupt. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I raise my voice against your machinations in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anyone in Nigeria, let's sit down in Nigeria, that uses his prosperity, her prosperity, to spread iniquity, we call you bankrupt in Jesus' name. Amen. Not only will you go broke, you will go to jail. Amen. To show that Jesus is Lord. Amen. That's, all. That's all. That's what we're trying to do. We want to use money to oppress us from telling the truth. The other day they told me that one particular radio station, remember I was telling you here, say one man, one flex. Inka was telling me that the man don't decode the bag. Say, okay, guys, how far now? I said, better, better warn yourself. Yeah, the, the man done, he's now making friends. I would, I, would, I would love to see what the Lord did to him. As I mean, I was looking for who to use as an example before. Last time I was talking to him, I said, the man don't cool down. The man is now trying to be nice to everybody. I said, God save you. I would have added more fire to the prayer we are praying against you. All the, I won't say all my enemies, all the enemies of Jesus Christ. See, the time for nice, nice don't end. Though. What did I say? Okay, you don't speak English. Okay, okay, you don't like pigeon English. Oh, okay, leave it, leave it, I'll say it by myself. Just say amen to it. <laughs> All this time, look, the Bible says that when the judgments of God are upon the earth, the inhabitants thereof, they do what? They learn righteousness. It's time to teach righteousness. Yeah, that's what we're teaching. Let me say one more time before we sit down. Every nation, every organization, every institution, every political party, no matter what the arrangement is, that wants to promote any other God and deny the true God and his son, Jesus Christ, they will go down in Jesus' name. Amen. That is final. That decree is irrevocable. I didn't start it. I only prophesied it again. He said it before. He said, I have sworn by myself, and the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness. I will not turn back. That's what we are just doing. We are just repeating that what he said before. And we are saying to him, do that in our day in Jesus' name. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's take our declaration for our spirits before we take our seats. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, say, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. All right, the Lord is good. 
Let's take our seats. Let's go. We'll continue praying in a moment. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you are, if you are asleep, say amen. All right. That's why you couldn't answer when I said the Lord is good. If you are awake, give me an amen. Amen. Now, the Lord is good. Thank you. All right, let's read um, something from our scriptures and then we will continue to teach. Uh, where do we start from today? There. All right, let's go back to that Isaiah chapter 60. I think let's just start from Isaiah chapter 60. Let me remind us that prayer is very important. What did I say? Say it like you heard me. It's not a good habit, it's a necessary habit. Do you get my point? Yes. Prayer is not medicine, it's food. Do you get what I said? Prayer is what? Not medicine. It is what? It's food. Prayer is not a supplement. It's food. Sometimes we treat it as if it's a supplement. But it's not a supplement. It's not medicine. It's what? Food. It's food. It's food. You know when you're talking about food, there are different kinds of food. There are carbohydrates. There are protein-rich foods. And then there's fat and oil. And then you now have um, vitamins and minerals. And then water. Water is classified now as one of the classes of food. Now, prayer is not a supplement. You go and buy one or two tablets of ginseng and add to boost up your metabolism. It falls in that category of carbohydrate, protein, fat and oil, you know, vitamins and minerals, and water. That is a fundamental essential for life. It's not something we get when we are sick. Do you get my point? It's not um, an anti-malaria. It's not an anti-COVID regimen. It's not. That is, whether you are sick or not, you eat food. Now, if you are sick and you don't eat food, you become sicker. Did you hear what I said? If you are, if you are, if you are not feeling well and you are not eating, now you know I digress once in a while to teach some things. When people are not feeling well, seventy percent of the reason they are not feeling well is that that illness took away their appetite. Yes. So it's very important if you are not feeling well, eat. Try your best to eat. So I don't feel like eating <laughs> this time around. It's not about what you feel like eating. No. Just try, eat because. Most of the ill feeling you get when you are not feeling well is because of lack of food. That's just an, as an aside. All right? Uh, how much are we charging for that? It's free, right? Okay. Apostle says it's free. You know why? He's going to pay for everybody. That <laughs> <laughs> is good. All right. So, what I'm trying to say is that food is fundamental. It's important. You must eat one way or the other. And I'm saying to us again that prayer is food. It's not a supplement. It's not um, medicine. It works if we are sick. I'm not saying it doesn't work. But we shouldn't wait until that time to eat. We should balance our diet well. Studying the word of God is like that too. It's not, it's not something we use to come out of difficulty. If we are in difficulty, yes, we do it. But we shouldn't wait to get into difficulty. It's a case of man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, does a man live. So daily you must eat. You wake up in the morning, you take your scriptures, you read. You take the word that's in your heart, put those words on your lips. You declare them in prayer. 
We said the other time, the most important form of prayer is thanksgiving. So you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, we thank you. Find, sometimes in the house we do that. I say, okay, count on your fingers, everybody. Ten different things and thank God for the things. Just anything at all. If you want to make it 20, better. It's possible. Thank God for life. We are alive. Thank God for having knowledge of you, most important. Thank God that we know Jesus Christ. We thank God that we have given our lives to him. We thank God that his spirit is working in us. We give thanks for all those spiritual things. And you look around, thank God for the roof, thank God for the rain, thank God for the sun, thank God for the person beside you. Your brother is there, your wife is there, or somebody there is there. You are in a house, thank God for that house, thank God for that country you are living in. Thank God for this breakfast waiting for you. Just keep on counting. If there's no breakfast, Lord, I thank you. Because this morning, I'm going to go about with the strength of God, with that food in my stomach. If you are not going to break, everything is thanksgiving. Thank God for all things work together for good to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. We do that every morning. It's like food. It's necessary. It's fundamental to life. It's not about spirituality. It's basic living. That's how it is. It's basic living. All right. Isaiah chapter 60. Is arise, shine from verse, six, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth. And deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Say, lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant. And your heart will thrill and rejoice. Because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense. And will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedah will be gathered together to you. The rams of Nebels will minister to you. They will go up with acceptance on my altar. And I shall glorify my glorious house. Please notice that. And I shall glorify my glorious house. Who are these who fly like a cloud? And like the doves to their lattices. Surely the coastlands will wait for me. And the ships of Tarshish will come first. To bring your sons from afar. They are silver and they are gold with them. For the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel because he has glorified you. Let me just read a few more verses. Foreigners will build up your walls and their kings will minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you and in my favor I have had compassion on you. Your gates will be open continually. They will not be closed day or night so that men may bring to you the wealth of the nations, with their kings led in procession. For the nation and the kingdom which will not serve you will perish, and the nations will be utterly ruined. He said, the glory of Lebanon will come to you. Please, is with the amen first. Let's just read. The juniper, the box tree, and the cypress together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I shall make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you will come bowing to you, 
And all those who despised you will bow themselves at the soles of your feet. And they will call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. I'm going to stop reading here. Now, please, if you have time, you can continue reading that all the way into chapter 61. Let's just take a few verses from 61. Now, in the beginning, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the favorable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Again, you can continue reading this, please, until the end of chapter 61. And then in chapter 62, he says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness, and all kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will designate. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of, of your God. He now says in verse 6, and I continue to prophesy there from verse, um, uh, four, in, verses 4 and 5, but I'm just, I'm just jumping to 6 for time's sake. He said, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves, and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his strong arm, I will never again give your grain as food for your enemies, nor will foreigners drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who gather it will eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather it will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. I'm going to stop reading here. The Lord is good. Now, we are talking about the, the glory of Christ, the glory of his church, the glory of his kingdom. That's what we are talking about. And that's one thing we must bear in mind that Jesus gave as a first request in his prayer series. That is, when he was teaching us how to pray, first we praise God, hallowed be your name, our Father who is in heaven. But first thing he said we should ask is that his kingdom might come. I began to explain that that must be priority in our lives, that we have done ourselves a great, a great disservice by making our needs priority in prayer. We come to prayer, we are more concerned about our health, our wealth, our you know, longevity and stuff like that, our material prosperity, than we are about um, the kingdom. Meanwhile, he has, he has said to us expressly that your heavenly father knows you need all those things. He said, do what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added to you. That is, any man who is seeking God's kingdom, the Lord takes upon himself to add things to the individual. But sometimes we seem to forget. We seem to think that it is what I ask God alone for that he will give to me. All right? Material things. But God says, spend your time seeking the kingdom of God. Spend your time seeking the glory of his kingdom. He says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, reminding us that it should be the primary prayer in our lives. And let me give that instruction again on the Lord's behalf. Every day, pray for that kingdom. 
Now, have you ever heard, the, I'm sure you heard this, but let me just remind us of it. There was time Jesus said that, um, don't be like the Pharisees where you want to pray, praying in the open. Do you remember that? Yes. That verily, verily, I say unto you, they have their <laughs> reward. But if you want to pray, what should you do? Go into your closet. Now, what I want to talk about is what that prayer point was. They were not praying for their personal needs in open. Do you get my point? No, I thought about it before and I'm so certain of what I'm saying. They were not praying about their personal needs in open. It's not possible. Nobody would do that. You say, Lord, the problem between my wife and I and the children solve, and you're saying it loud in church. And everybody else will keep quiet and be listening to the prayer and say, uh-huh. what now happened? <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. You will not pray prayers about your financial issues openly. You wouldn't pray prayers about your health openly. You wouldn't pray those prayers. And those people were not praying those prayers. Those are not the prayers they were praying and, um, and people, they were making themselves look good. And those of us were on campus. <laughs> we used to go to sports complex to go and pray. Okay, I don't know about it now, but the sports complex, of course, was big. The football field everywhere. I mean, we had a massive complex there. So the doors, the gates are usually open those days. So we'll go any time to pray. So that's where there was nothing else to, to do there. You couldn't read. You couldn't do anything. Just to come and pray. All right? So brethren used to gather there to pray a lot. And you hear all kinds of prayers. I can assure you, I can't remember anybody asking God for any personal thing. Well, these are prayers people will pray. You'll be hearing in the hostel. Uh, at night, the, across the campus, people will be loud. They, they only do two kinds of things loudly. Well, three things. Let me talk about two. One, they speak in tongues very loudly, which nobody can interpret usually. All right? You don't know what they're saying. Secondly, they can praise God. We will praise God and shout it loud. But when you want to start making your request, I say, Lord, I bet we don't praise you loud, Rich. So this one is just between the two of us. <laughs> yes. They can pray for the nation. Now, get, let's come back to it. They can pray for the country loud. Now, what am I going to say? So when Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees and teaching his disciples not to be like them, he was addressing a particular kind of prayer. And let me make it simple or summarize it. He was talking about praying for the kingdom. Those people were praying for the kingdom at that time. But the Pharisees made it a show issue. They were making a show of it. Now, I'm just referring to it to let us know that Jesus expected his disciples to take kingdom matter. But go and pray in your closet. It's not a show issue. It should be something that bothers you personally. I hope you're getting my point. Like now, I was talking to somebody. This is my trip, you know. I can talk with my host. So we're just talking about some things, you know. Talk about this, you know, as he was giving me some explanation about some issues, my heart was just breaking. And I, 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 would, I was feeling very bad. And I said, do you know, I said, sir, do you know why I'm feeling so bad? He said, why? I said, I feel like when ministers go wrong like this, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm, how do I say it now? I'm, 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 it's personal loss for me. I, I don't know what I get the point. Because we're in, we in a battlefront. We're at war. We're at war. Now, if we are 10 soldiers fighting, Every soldier you shoot and you either kill or maim has increased the burden on the other nine. So as the soldiers are dropping off one by one, those of us who are remaining are the next in line to drop. I don't know whether you're getting my point, except the battle. That's what I'm going to talk about. You feel personal pain. Even though you may not know the individual personally, but since we're on the same side in the war, if anybody draws by the wayside, actually it pains me personally. It does. If a, if a preacher I knew before used to preach very well, very hard, and suddenly starts preaching 
nonsense and start saying things like, no matter what you do, God still loves you, will never punish you. And I start feeling bad. That, listen, with all the, with, with the, the influence and the platform that God has given you to teach righteousness, look at what you are now teaching. You are now making my work more difficult. A lot of times I'm teaching, you see me, I do two kinds of teaching, I and mean, everybody does that. You do one side in which, uh, yes, you are, you are teaching, but you do a lot of correcting. You do a lot of The time we'll have spent building, we are breaking down. We are explaining to people that God judges, God punishes. Do I need to tell normal people that? But they hate the opposite so much. Till now, I'm still reminding Christians, please stop giving because you are trying to get. It does not work. The work is getting more difficult. And if you know, there are those who won't hear you, they've heard you for 10 years. When you hear the kind of thing they open their mouth to say, you'll be like, Excuse me, get my gun. You know, like, what? I thought we taught enough for you to understand these fundamentals. So that's why you, you get this sense of personal pain when some things, you know, go wrong with other people. Now, I'm talking about being kingdom-minded. If the person preaches what is right, do I personally benefit that personally? Does it give me more money, more health, more promotion? No. But because I'm part of a kingdom... It bothers me. And it should bother you. It should. All these lying, <laughs> all the lying prophets that fill the town, they don't come to my house. I don't go near them. I'm sure many of them know me. I don't have a doubt about it. Whether not physically or spiritually. I'm sure they have gone to their shrines. They wanted to do juju. I say, where do you want to use that one? Say, no, Pastor Bank is passing through that time, through that place that time. Don't bother. You know, go walk. I'm sure they, look, I don't have a doubt about it. It doesn't bother me. It's not like it bothers me. If, 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 if another bat enters my room, I'll see catch. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't bother me at all. I don't worry about it. There's, there's nothing you can do. You can't do me anything. All right? So they have their, like I said, like I was saying the other day, what's the name of our guy in Onija? He now wanted to feel important and start criticizing real men of God. Now, they say he's, he's abusing Pastor uh, Chris Okoti. I say, look at you. You are going near the express. This is how. <laughs> <laughs> so when the guys I talk, I say, person who don't do pity scenes, they'll just laugh in matter. We just say, this guy is a comedian. He now wants to join. Listen, we'll just join you to those who are good that the world is going to act against. Just be using the powers you have not yet used. Don't just come near us. What am I trying to say? When you see all those people, they go there and make it, you know, why I speak against them is that they are making our work more difficult. They are. They are literally promoting corruption in the land. False prophets promote corruption in the land. They promote immorality in the land. They do. By their actions, they bring judgment upon the land. Yes, they do that. And if you want a land to survive, you must rise up against them. You must. In prayer and in correct prophesying. It's important because the people pollute the land. And when judgment comes upon the land, listen, everybody feels it. When, he, when, when God was going to punish Judah, Jeremiah, he told Jeremiah, the only thing I can do for you is I will give you your life as booty. That is Jeremiah, the only thing you will get away with from here is that you will not die. If you had a house, I will take it. It will be destroyed. If you had farms, it's going. If you had businesses, they will collapse. 
like God said to Jeremiah, you want to, he said, don't, you know, he said, Jeremiah, don't ask me for any great thing. I grant you only one thing, your life as booty. That's the only thing you are getting away with. Why? Go and read this. Read it. It's about, it's because of false prophets and false teachers and the priests that do not know the law and the elders that survive justice. Those people are the ones that are the reasons why, Jere- I know Jeremiah's case was even funny. God told him to buy land. It's not funny. Because I'm going to destroy everything, but go and buy land there. Ah, Jeremiah said, wait. So you buy land as a sign that one day they will come back. I'll keep the land for, for you. Of course, he's not going to use it ever because they're going to come back after a very long time. So the man invested money and then God killed the investment. I said, but hold the title did. See it very well. Why? It's just proof, all right, to them that you believe what you are saying, that one day the remnants shall return, their descendants shall return. That's the only reason why I wanted to buy land there. The point I'm making is that if they did not judge false prophets, everybody suffered for it. That is why I don't joke about it anymore. I rise up and I prophesy against the false prophets. I have to. We have to. God holds us responsible for things that we tolerate. Right now, me, I don't joke anymore. It's just that they provoke. Listen, I get that. My reason is, look, I know the effect of these things. There are some doctrines I remember and I just feel bad that we ever tolerated some of those doctrines. Right now, you're preaching the wrong doctrine. I will come and preach the truth. I may not mention your name because I give that kind of respect to true uh, believers. It's all these uh, wizards and endor that we don't care about. But <laughs> true preacher, I will come and preach the truth. And I don't care. Listen, no matter how much I respect you as an individual, if what you are preaching is wrong, I will preach the truth. And I will refer to that doctrine and correct it. I won't out of respect for you not say anything. It's a matter of fact. Because... They have a saying in Western Nigeria, because it's an African saying, so many people probably say it also. They say when you're, when you, like they say, what's the, what's the English for Aralian? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When a member of your household is eating something that is bad, that you must talk. You say, why? Because the stomach pain, when it starts at midnight, even you that did not eat, you will not sleep. So that if somebody in your house is eating something that is bad, then, hey, please, bros, stop eating that thing. Is it your stomach? <laughs> it is the house, the same house. When we have to, when we have to carry you at one a.m., we have to check whether POB said we should stay at home <laughs> or, or not stay at home. Eh? We have to start blowing siren. So please don't eat it. That's the reason. We won't just keep quiet and respect your privacy. No, we won't. When the problems will arise, listen. I'm talking about being kingdom-minded. We have to recognize these problems are our problems. Sometimes, of course, some of the jobs I do, I really don't like them. What I'm trying to say is that I rather mind my business. You may think I like causing trouble. I don't. It's an assignment. You know, one of our sisters, we came from their house this morning. The book, she referred to this book, Mark of the Beast. All right? Because she had asked my wife for the book. So when we were passing through their place, my wife gave her the book. Ah, she was just looking at it. We were talking about it. I was telling her husband, we were all sitting on the dining table together, uh, that, um, ah, this book, and that was yesterday, actually, that this book, that when this matter was going on, that she kept on listening out for what would Pastor Banky say? She kept on waiting. Ha! Every day we check. He hasn't said anything. You know, the time of uh, 5G is killing people, uh, coronavirus is not a virus, all those kind of things. 
Do you know, multitudes were waiting to hear what I would say. I couldn't just keep quiet. It's an assignment. So finally, of course, God gave me the inspiration. It's not my job. It's his. So the inspiration came. I wrote what I needed. to. I wanted to write a short article, but it didn't stop. So I kept on writing until it was long enough to put into a mini book. The whole thing was done in just a few days. You understand? And quickly, we released it. Ah, ah, ah. Thank you, sir. Ah, we're waiting for this. Ah, and I went systematically explaining things to people. Number one, people said that um, Antichrist. I said, don't worry about the Antichrist. That was my main message. A number of things. Number one, whether you have no technology or you have high technology, whether you have 0G, the first G, 2G, or even 10G, anyone the Antichrist meets, he will use. There have been many antichrists before. Technology or no technology. I explained that to people. So don't be jittery about technology. And most importantly, I told people, the mark of the beast cannot be taken accidentally. Nobody can sneak it up on you. It's not possible. It is given to those who worship the beast. It is given to the worshippers. They don't give to strangers. You can't just go to a supermarket, buy food. They say, hey, you have eaten Antichrist food, you are now an Antichrist zombie. I have a friend, comedian, the guy is a comedian. We're also classmates. Someone they told our class group, he said, please guys, I'm so sorry. You've not heard from me in a while, in this chat group. He said, because I've just taken my COVID vaccine. And Bill Gates is making me say things I'm not supposed to say, so I'm keeping away. <laughs> He's a comedian. Because, because that's what we're saying, that Bill Gates will take control of you. Nonsense. Those things mean nothing. They don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. They say, I said, listen, the mark of the beast cannot be sneaked up on you. Nobody can sneak it and say, ha, where's apostle? It's coming. Don't worry. Put it on the chair. When it sits on it, the needle will enter its bum bum. Boom! Mark of the beast. If you don't want to take your vaccine on your right side, take, they can give you on the left shoulder too. In the book, I explained the meaning of having it on your forehead or on your right hand. And of course, I don't believe, personally, you can disagree with this, we'll still be friends, but I don't believe at all it's a physical mark. And my logic is that if it's a physical mark, the beast also has to be a physical animal. I hope you're getting my point. If we're using types, let's use types throughout. But let's not even sit on that in detail. But I had to do all of this. To help people understand. Because there was a lot of confusion and the confusion was being spread by ministers. Many of them my seniors. People were already in ministry when I was still reading fundamental books of faith by Kenneth Higgin and Co. But then I've also understood there are old prophets. So if you just misbehave, I just classify you as old prophets. And one, say, Pastor Bank, what about old prophets? Because if young prophets, out of respect, follow them, the young prophets die. They leave. And for the sake of my wife and my children, both spiritual and physical children, I think I should leave. And Paul said it like that. That he needs to leave because his leaving will be a blessing to the Philippians. So I don't want any old prophet to kill me. If you are preaching what is wrong and you are my senior, I will go behind you and declare what is right. And I can take that doctrine, if it's a well-known doctrine, I will take it and, and analyze it and bring correction to it. If you like, say, Pastor Banking is preaching against me. It's not against you. I'm preaching against 
false doctrines. I'm preaching against error. And instead of you getting angry with me personally, send me analysis of how come you are right and I'm wrong. Many times people have quarreled with me over some things before. And the only defense they have is that it's the church doctrine. And I'm looking at it. Is that not the same quarrel everybody had with the Catholic Church? Was that not why Martin Luther rose up? Now why do you just say things are not founded on scripture just because you have authority? And Pentecostals are doing it now. Oh, they are doing it. Pentecostals are doing it now. So that's why you see me do these, these things that I do. I mean, I don't, look, most of these prophets that you see around, they are false prophets. And I give you a few clues on how to know a false prophet. Now, let me just say it again. There are two types of false prophets. They are the prophets like our wizard of Endo that was never born again. Never. Which was so annoying for me when people be telling you you are calling him false. I, let me not speak bad words again. I look at what is wrong with you. Instead of you coming to me and say, Pastor, please, I have respect for your, for your words, so let not give you guys. Please, explain to me. Is that, can you call somebody false? Don't you have false, false currency notes? Don't you have false brethren? Is your, you know, you know the truth? Most people don't even read the Bible. If you bother to read the Bible, you will know there are false prophets everywhere. You cannot disagree with me on whether somebody is false or not. Let us this. We have some agreement that somebody may be false. I'll now ask you, you say, I say he's false, I have my reason. Why do you say he's true? He's doing good works. In which case, I, I want to take a cane and flog you again. <laughs> Derek Prince says, okay, that's the second thing he said, he's doing mighty works. Derek Prince says, if you are the type that believes that everyone doing wonders is from God, then you are a candidate for the Antichrist. He said, because he will do wonders, a type that you, the world has never seen before. I say good works. I say, how do you know he's doing good works? You are in Enugu. He's in uh, what's the name of that place? Is he a cartoon? How do you know? He's not a video camera. The very thing Jesus said we must not do. No human beings here. There are false prophets. There are two types. There are those that are not born again at all, who don't even really make to the discerning eyes. They don't even pretend. When that our guy wanted to join the. Uh, PFN. They asked him. You know, PFN just wanted to have his history and can. Because if you know, he was never a member of uh, of can. That's Christian Association of Nigeria. He was never a member of PFN, Pentecostal Fellowship of Nigeria. He tried to join both parties. He tried. They interviewed him and they wrote him off. So some people make it look as if you are picking on people. PFN and can rejected him. He applied to join, and they sat him down, asked him a few questions. When it was done, they said, "Bros." We'll get back to you. If you know what I'm going to say. Of course, they never did. Because they asked him a simple question like, when did you give your life to Christ? And you know what? He did not know the meaning. He said, I was born again from my mother's womb. That was the answer I gave them. Okay, you are in ministry. In Christianity, we tend to have a history. Where did you come from? Whoever influenced you, whoever taught you, whoever laid hands on you, whoever did anything, who did you learn anything from? And you know what? He had nothing. The only person I know that ever taught him anything is Professor Pella. For those of you who are old enough to know Professor Pella, I can see those of you who know him laughing. Would you, are you nodding your head? Did I call your name? You know Professor Pella? You do? Okay, you're a media person. You know everything. 
Nusafela was, a, was, was, I think she'd be number one magician, show magician in Nigeria. Nobody ever arose like that, either before or after him. Professor Pella made magic a big show in Nigeria, and he made money doing it. I know, I've met his son, Coyote Pella. All right, when I was, years ago, he came to my church in Ekiti there, where I used to go to work. I was our guest minister. And he told us his story of his life, told us many things, okay? And how he got born again. Of course, what led him to Christ was drugs. Because he got into drug addiction. Heroin almost killed him. Until he met a doctor who prayed for him and delivered him from heroin addiction. And he gave his life to Christ. That was how, you know. So I met Kyle De Pella in church. He said he was going to do some. He told us there are two kinds of things they used to do. One is pure tricks. And the second side is real magic. But of course, he can't do magic anymore because he's not a believer. But he still remembers the tricks. He's going to do a few of them for us. So that I decided to sit in front. That I will see whatever this man is doing today, I will see it. Bros, I sat in front because I mean I had I knew I mean the church I was a worker, I was one of the I was a Bible teacher, so I could get a front seat with my eyes glued on Kayo de Pella. The guy turned stick to handkerchief, I couldn't catch him. <laughs> in front of my eyes. He brought things out of nowhere. Ah, where is this thing coming from? He did a few tricks right in front of me. I was sitting in front like this. You just take a spin like this, the stick in his hand will turn to your handkerchief. Like, what's going on here? Then he will now repeat this trick slowly. And you wouldn't believe it. We just show you that the stick that you saw just now, he will turn his hand and you see it at the back. How did he get there? And he will let you know that the handkerchief was embedded inside. And it's a special. By the time the Bible finishes explaining to you, you're like, if it does it again, you will still believe it because. <laughs> No, and he explained to her that, look, these things, they learned that he went to school. They learned it. What they call palming. He will keep his hand flat like this and keep something under it and it won't drop. It's a trick. They take time to learn. The same man saw our wizard at Endo. I read his, in, in, in his interview. And he said, what's wrong with people? Is it not obvious to them that this man is doing magic? And he gave names. For he said, this one he does is called mesmerism. This one is called this. That we learned this thing in doing magic. And I read another interview that said that the man was a Professor Pella's apprentice. And somebody is there to argue with you that he's a genuine prophet. People have been there inside the ministry will tell you things. This was an occultist who decided to mainstream himself and pretend to be a believer. And multitudes followed. And it's not new. Simon the sorcerer, people followed him. I don't know human beings. That's the first set of false prophets. The second set of false prophets, all right, are false prophets, are people that are genuine Christians. They can give you their born-again experience. Many of them are called to ministry. Many started out ministering properly. There's only one problem with proper ministry. Apostle, it doesn't produce money like that. You can preach for 20 years. And you will not get, get enough gifts to buy a car. And as a minister, your, your income is supposed to come from free will gifts of people that have been blessed. Or people who believe in your ministry. Like Enegi said, Christians often behave like they believe this saying. God, keep our pastor humble. We will keep him poor. Go and digest that. So many times... Mammon is where the problem starts most of the time. If you're a preacher, when you're having a call to ministry, just say, I don't die of poverty. Just accept it. 
He said, that's not faith. I know what I'm telling you. It's faith. Just relax, like say, even if I'm going to trek to eternal life, it doesn't matter. Don't, listen, God will consistently disappoint you if you put your eyes on anything or anybody. He said, no, my, my, my church members are still young. When they grow, once you say that, frustration is just five years ahead of you. Those people will grow and God will scatter them to other places. I'm telling you the truth. Don't say, let's be struggling now, let's be struggling, let's be hustling now, let's be preaching now. Then the church will grow. Like one man told me, then you will not start enjoying. Once you think like that, the Lord will deliberately arrange to frustrate you. Now what am I going to explain? Many true prophets, that's where their problem starts from. You prophesy genuinely. Remember the man that came to see you. You know, ministry is something. The Bible says, he's mindful that we are both flesh. Apostle is flesh. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> but he's flesh. We're all flesh. What I mean by that is that people will do something, something that you don't look. You'll be confessing self-control. <laughs> One man came to Apostle, came with a problem. You know, people that problem have filled their lives. They have given false prophets like half a million naira for prayer. It was half a million. He had this man on radio, so he, he tracked him down. And at the end of the day, after you counseled with him, prayed for him, I think he busted it and he asked for a change or something like that, yes. I think I said, okay, please, whether I can get some messages or something, say, okay, I see them, I think I have some here. How much is it? Maybe 500 naira. He brought 1,000 and asked he collected 500 naira change. Somebody who had given a force for half a million for prayer that did not work, that did not address his problem, and there was no change. <laughs> he met a genuine prophet who prayed for him, who told him the mind of God concerning his life and what he needed to do. And it was obviously the truth of God. He buys CDC, they collect change. That kind of thing. He said, God punish you more than <laughs> more than when you came here. Ah, I'm talking temptation. <laughs> See, one brother met me a few, a few days ago. He said, he said, people are wicked. <laughs> he said to me, he's a man of God, people are wicked. He's, he's a preacher. Busy man. He said, look at these people. Every time they, they call me, there's a problem. I will pray, I will counsel, I will lay hands. Then when they have, they will now tell him the problems they're having. He said, you will hear, you'll be hearing millions. How much they made doing this last year and this one happened. He said, they have never wondered as a man of God, take, drink. I'm their counselor. They call me pastor. They call me daddy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> a lot of these daddies, fake sons, fake daughters. My wife was there. My wife was not getting angry to say, how are human beings is like, like this? I said, ah, you, you tell them now. Ah, I said, no, see, I didn't tell people that kind of thing now. He said that, uh, uh-huh. So I said, well, so the man said, ah, well, at the point in time, he just looked at just just told the woman, why do people behave like this? I was say, okay, listen to this. You want to get angry? You're the only one that really get angry here. It's okay. Can I have the ministry account number? Listen, most ministers don't eat money from the ministry account. Let me just leave it there. Because when they finally send money to the ministry account number, the man wanted to wire the money back. Say, your head is not correct. Your head is not correct. Listen, we are laughing. Sometimes prophets get tired of this. 
Ah, one guy, a pastor one day was driving in new car. So his other pastor said, oh boy, see your car, how far? Fine ride. He said, this one. <laughs> so one of my church members gave it to me. Ah, that's good though. He said, how? The guy is very nice. He said, no, no the guy is not nice though. I knock on prophecy. <laughs> you know, when I first said that, I was very angry with the man. But later on, I realized that well, what he did was wrong. Very wrong, but understand the foundation for wrongness. Frustration. He explained, he told the other priest, I said, this young, this young man, come church. Nothing. He said, we pray, we prophesy. He buy the first car. We did the minister. Pray, prophesy. He bought the second car. And Amigo dedicated the car. So. They were still praying and prophesying. The word was working in this guy's life. He bought the third one. Now he passed on Naka and prophecy. The guy said, what not? Now you go to the guy and say, in the name of Kakakopasa, the Lord Nazanid, in the house of God, the Lord said I should tell you. He said, I'm not come prophecy. But then the cock, he said, nonsense. Monkey, they walk, I put the chop. <laughs> that is the second class of false prophets. They really prove, they are pushed to it because you hear two of us enter this town. I don't hear the preach, the prophesy for 10 years. You own just three years ago. See the size of your church. See the build, church building. See your car. That's why one of my most important prayers, I asked the Lord, I told you guys about that, that, that time. I asked the Lord one time. I said, Lord, I want to be able to say like Paul, I have coveted nobody's goods. Something led Paul to be able to say that. I helped him to say that. And there's a reason why it was important that he said it. He said, I have coveted nobody's goods. What's the point I'm making? That's the other thing that pushes false prophets into being false prophets. Now, so, but we're not talking about what pushes people now, but to let you know that you can have true prophets, true Christians who became false prophets. You can have. You can have. And see, so those are the two classes. They start preaching wrong doctrines. And you must understand in the New Testament, most of what we call false prophets, all right, in Christianity, emphasize more on false teaching. False teaching is more important in Christianity than under the old covenant. So, just for the purpose of teaching, let's just lump them together, both false prophets and false teachers. But please know that they are there. Now, you know, I was going to say a number of things ways you identify false prophets. Now, please, now, you, you've seen that it may not be the individual that's false, he has some bad deeds, but he's genuine. As a Christian, he believes in Christ Jesus. It's just that like he's doing some things that are not in order. Like Kenegin said, he has seen it before because he had the same design of spirits as a gift of God. That he's seen a preacher in one single ministration. He's seen it many times. One moment is operating by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The next moment is using familiar spirits. Those are the dangerous ones. You will see the man. One moment is operating by the Holy Spirit. You check it later, this operation is familiar spirit. So we have to be very, very careful. We have to be discerning as believers. How do you know false prophets? There are a number of things. I'm not, now I'm speaking from things I've seen these days, not just from scripture now, you know. I'm taking things I've observed and then putting them on scripture. One, remember please, I just want to repeat myself. Not the individual, but the prophecy and sometimes the person, okay? But let's focus on the prophecy. Once people have problems and the prophet is busy identifying the cause of the problems, is a false prophet. And he's giving false prophecy. It's very common. 
False prophets, you see their prophecies, they are show, showmanship prophecies. They are very common these days. It's just about show. To show that they can have knowledge that other people don't have. It's not geared towards the individual, solving a problem for the person. False prophets, I've observed, their focus is so much, when they want to solve problems, is identifying the cause. And that cause, I mean somebody. A witch. Somebody's a witch. 99% of the times you hear somebody identified as a witch, it's a lie. 99% of the times you hear a preacher identify somebody as a witch, they're lying. 99% was what I said. And I'm just stopping short of saying a 100, simply because I know indeed witches exist, and once in a while. No, no, they are fleeing people a lot, but you may have been, there may be descending of spirit to pick them out. But from experience, all this one, all of the lies. If you say anybody who the mainstay of his ministry or her ministry is identifying who is responsible, the person is a false prophet. I don't care the size of Agbada he wears, how old he is, the stories he has to tell, I don't care. Because true prophets, the testimony of Jesus is the fundamental principle of their prophecy. It's the spirit of prophecy. Who sinned that this one should be born blind? Jesus said, what are we talking about here? Let's just heal him. Then forget who, who sinned. So you see, first of all, their focus is where the who, 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 who. It's always their issue. You see them digging up things that are buried, such on Christian practices. Where's your placenta? They are irrelevant questions. 99% of human beings don't know where their placentas are. I've asked Apostle Kimothy for his own several times. He has no idea. And he's afraid to ask me where my own is. <laughs> How can I say a man of God does not know where his placenta is? <laughs> if you ask me, I'll give you my mother's phone number. Because <laughs> I have no idea. Have I had problems in life? Who hasn't had problems? Even Jesus had problems. If I start telling you the problems of Jesus now, you go respect. If Judas is your treasurer, you don't think that's a problem? You start a business, Judas is the one keeping the money. <laughs> The Lord is good. So that's one mark of false prophet. And that mark, they never exalt the finished work of Christ Jesus in anybody's life. They don't. They don't. They keep on telling you, your mother gave you over when you were born to Ogbanji spirit. Yeah, deliver us now. We have given our lives to Christ. Because whether they gave you over to Ogbanji or gave you over to Shokono, it makes no, it makes no difference. If anyone is in Christ, it's a new creature. If you don't emphasize that, your prophecy is false. I like when the pastor Chris Okoti said, said, he said, he said that this is somebody, somebody prophesied something and it, it happened. He said it's called sorcery. He said, no, he said divination. Yeah, he said it's divination. Divination is able to see things that are happening elsewhere or things that will happen later. It's called divination. Even though it happens, doesn't mean. He said, once you don't approach that with the spirit of Christ, it's divination. Accuracy is relevant. It's divination. And that way, you know, false prophet, what is the prescribed solution to problems? When they start telling you offer sacrifices, they are false. Any prophet that does not realize that Jesus Christ is finished work on the cross, the final sacrifice, he's a false prophet. And that way I've observed false prophets. They prophesy money out of your pocket. They end up getting a lot from what the prophecy is saying. One man says, see the spirit of death. So he cast out the spirit of death. Say now that you're not going to die. Go and bring your burial money. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
You say a spirit of death around person. Okay, you have prayed now, he will not die again. He says, should go and bring money they will use for his burial. Even if I believe it before, once you talk that one, I say, I forget that you That's another way. One I observed recently. I put this one to amongst the last because I need to emphasize something. A lot of people use familiar spirits. They use all kinds of spirits. And a lot of people go around prophesying. They actually have spirits inspiring them. The spirits are false, but they are real. I hope I get my point. They are not the spirit of Christ. They are not the Holy Spirit. They can be a lying spirit in the mouth of prophets. There's divination spirit. There's what they call the python spirit. They are there. And one of the ways you know those false prophets that will be obvious in this modern day, check the way they wind the spirit. They keep praising and energizing the spirit. It's very common with words, with somebody else has another microphone. As a man is saying, let me pray for you. He says, hey, my father, my father, go deeper, prophesy, papa, prophesy. Anyone they do that for is a false prophet. For normal prophets, that would grieve the spirit of God. But they do it, it's their own way of, you know, it's incantation kind of for them. It's praise for the spirit. That's how they steal the spirit. You see, it's, it's vain glory. You see, the vain glory is there. The one I heard on TV say, My father, you are forensic. My father, you are too much. My father, you are. Let me not say the last one he said because you will know who it is. <laughs> they are there. They are plenty. They are, they are all over the place. That your distant cousin. <laughs> that one you worry. Again, what's the message of the people? I don't know how I stumbled into this guy prophesying. I said, all we like sheep. If you see sheep there, the muguishness of human beings needs prayer. Honestly, you see human beings. My wife and I sat there and were watching the video. I said, this man is not even lying. Let me explain what I say. If, deceive me now. I, I don't know what I get my point. Lie to me first so that I know you are lying. The guy is not even saying anything. And people gather and they're listening to his prophecy. He said, hey, you, began to prophesy. You've been monitoring your husband. The woman said, yes, daddy. Yes, it's true, it's true. You were checking his phone. He said, women, stop checking your husband. Men are hunters. Leave them alone. I'm giving you his exact words. Why should you be monitoring your husband? Don't you know men are hunters? Leave him. Is he not loving you? Did he not buy you a car? Why is he checking his phone? And people sat down there and they were listening. In case you want to know what I'm talking about, those of you who are here, if you are streaming, call Pastor Kimothy at the end. He knows everything. <laughs> yeah. False prophet. He said he's a first son of the wizard at Endo. Yeah. And look at people and you go there. Familiar, let me tell you something about familiar spirits. They know things about you that nobody else knows. One of my colleagues, when we were in houses at those days, I used to laugh at him. Well, we used to joke. He used to, they used to make fun of me. They, they called me pastor, those kind of names. You know? Those days, I mean, left school long ago. We're do, walking, we're living in the same complex, walking in the same um, um, specialist hospital. There were house officers. There are two of them. Both of them were boys. One day they were telling me that, no, both of them used to say that there's no God. So one day I told this guy, let's just call him Andy. His name is not Andy. 
I said, Andy, his name is not Andy, just. I said, Andy, he said there's no guy. I said, I don't believe you. I mentioned the name of his colleague. I said, if he's that person that told me that there's no God now, eh? I said, I will believe. Not that I will believe there's no God, I will believe that he believes what he said. I said, well, you, you are lying. I said, your problem is that all this, your orukuruku, this, your, you know, this kurukere, this, this, this fornicatory, you know, immorality us and money, you know, there's a way they used to do money, you know, uh-huh. I said, all those things are the reason why you have to kill your conscience and tell me there's no God. I said, you know there's God. Leave this thing. That's what I told him. Then one day now told me a story. I'm talking about familiar spirits. He said, Banky, let me tell you a story. He said, one day he dreamt that his cousin died. He slept and dreamt that his cousin died. And he wondered, what kind of dream is this? He said, the next day he went to be somebody. And the person said, please, I'm going to a white government church. I'm going to a particular church. Please, can you just follow me? Just like my friend, please escort me. I'm a worker. So he took a stroll with that guy. He said, as soon as he stepped on the threshold of the door, to enter into that white garment church. The prophet was sitting at the end and said to him, you, somebody's about to die in your family. You need to fast for three days and three nights to prevent it. You know what he said to me? I hope you understand pidgin English. He said, he used to call me Blackie. He said, Blackie, I'm not going to lie to you. I fast too. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> You know, you need to get to worry and learn real pidgin English. This one you are speaking in Biafran English. I'm talking about <laughs> pidgin English. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to lie to you. I fast too. What I'm going to say, how did that prophet know? Was it the Spirit of God? No. Because for the Spirit of God, he will have, listen, this is the testimony of Jesus. He will have known that my guy is an unbeliever. He would, have, he would not have told him to go and fast and pray. He would have told him to give his life to Christ. That's my own proof for the fact that that was not a genuine operation of the Spirit of God. Because you've met the man in sin and you are happy to leave him in sin. The Spirit saw what was going on in his heart. They are called familiar spirits. Don't be impressed. They can know things you did not tell anybody. They can tell you stories of things that happened in your childbirth that your mother told you just last year. Don't be impressed. What you look out for each time is the testimony of Jesus. Every prophetic word should be drawing you closer to Christ. Prophetic words that are accurate, that are of the Spirit of God, what they are doing is cutting away sin and iniquity from you and bringing forth the likeness of Christ Jesus. Most of these prophets do not, I see them on TV. They never identified to me. I've seen them. They say, you, you need to give your life to Christ. They don't do that. Do you have a girlfriend? That's what they will tell you. Where is she? She's here. Ah, but joy, why? Oh, we saw recently. You say you are looking for your passport. Looking for your passport. Nonsense. Then as the man, the man said that, hey, joy, that's the name of the, the, the girlfriend. Took me to three churches, two in Abuja, one in Lagos. They even took me to Babalao's house. And he did not address that. The two people that are in front of you, they went to Babalao's house. It was not addressed. It was that boy Joy, why? That Joy is the one that stole the passport. And people say, hey, hey, hey. I said, you people don't even know when you are watching show. <laughs> Human beings don't even know when they are watching show. And these are all the people that were making statements. 
telling you that a great prophet died when a wizard died. Listen, it's a pity time is really gone. I really, where I was going. I just want to emphasize something. That we have to come against these things. We cannot let them flourish in the land because they pollute the land. They are the reasons why we have many problems we have which we don't tie directly to them. Because these are results of influx of wrong spirits into our environment. And for those who, who are true ministers of the gospel, you have an assignment. Your assignment is to continue to declare the counsel of God to the people of God. What am I doing this season? Teaching the people of God what kind of prayers to pray for the glory of Christ to be manifested again in this generation. That's why I read that portion we're reading. Let me just quickly get into this. We will not be able to do much praying today because I'm doing so much teaching. I read that portion of Isaiah chapter 60. read the portion again of 61, even though I recommended that everybody should read the whole of 60, the whole of 61. Then in 62, we showed what God said. He said, what do I do? He said, I put watchmen on your walls. And what are they supposed to do? They are supposed to continually remind the Lord concerning his promises. He said, pray like this. Thy will be done. First of all, he said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is written, established, recorded in heaven. That's the way the prayer goes. So what are we supposed to do? Take his will that he has shown us. So Isaiah chapter 60 is the will of God for his church. Isaiah chapter 61 is the plan of God for his church. Isaiah 62, you see God's design for the glory of his church. It's all written there. We take these words, we read those words out, and then form prayers out of them. And what am I saying? In this generation, it is urgent we need to do that. We need to, it's a pity, like I said, time, time kind of around us on us. We need to take those words and lift them up before God. Like the one we read, you just read them. Listen, it's not hard. Just take those words and read them out and add. Thus you have promised, Lord, to do concerning your glory in your church on this earth. And we're asking you, Lord, confirm these words in this our generation. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. You take different scriptures. Like the one we read last time, you can read from Isaiah chapter 2. Let's flip, quickly flip over to that one. Isaiah chapter 2. You declare words from verses 2, 3, and 4. It says, Now it will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. And all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he, that is the Lord, will judge between the nations, and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. That tells you the solution to the headsman crisis in Nigeria is not a ban on open grazing. It is the elevation of the church of Christ in the land. Can I drop this, by the way? Just by the way. All right? God helping me. When I come next, I often have these plans, but just doesn't work out. 
I just want to just read those scriptures out together. Just out loud together. It's very important. You know what Paul said to Timothy? When he said, give attention to reading. He said, actually, give attention to the public reading of scripture. We need, we need to read the Bible loud, out. You know, the promise of God like this. Very important. But this is an aside. Because of something I said. You know, many of the things, you know, our nation right now is going through a lot. Oh, it's going, going through a lot. But let me just quickly say something before I say what I wanted to say. In the midst of this lot is going through, God is working. Please, anytime there's trouble, anytime there's a lot of activity, always ask yourself, what is the Lord doing? Don't get distracted. Most of the things you see that are loud and busy and everywhere, they are the distractions of life, not the real thing God is doing. Do you hear what I said? For example, now, we in Eastern Nigeria, we hear of uh, sit at home, IPOB, Nam Dekano, that's our major problem here. When you get to Northern Nigeria, you know, they're they not even hearing that. They don't even know what's going on. They don't know. The, the, whether you sit at home or sit at work, they are not aware. Do you know why? Banditry is a major problem. It's so bad. The one we I heard yesterday is unbelievable. They, they, those guys were bold enough to break into Nigerian Defense Academy, kill, a, kill two soldiers, and kidnap one. So you are sitting at home. Do you think it bothers them? I feel, I feel, sometimes I feel like 10 IPOB. Nobody is noticing. Because you sit at home, everywhere is peaceful. And quiet. So they go and do other things. If you're not sitting at home, that's when there's a problem. <laughs> sitting at home is not. Oh my God, I pray you travel. They don't. This one, you're sitting at home. When I heard something, I, I, I wasn't just, you know, just came back today. When I heard something, because most of the ministers that I preached, they, they are based there. You know, people, people came from Gombe, come from here, those different places. And they're telling you things. And they, they, in fact, someone said, look, that this is trying to impoverish people to fund certain moves. How do you go to a village, take a villager who is harvesting sugar cane, kidnap him and ask for 30 million? Does it make sense? So I feel like I tell our people who are sitting at home that, listen, nobody is not sitting at home. Because there are so many, <laughs> that is, the problems they are having to contend with. Your sitting at home is just, it's a, it's a gift of God. <laughs> because when you are at home, there's no trouble. Even the criminal doesn't come out. He's sitting at home. So the police say, no problem. Everybody sits at home. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, let me say something here. So, we have to sit at home. You get to other places. All kinds of crises. Now, in the midst of all of this, back to, that's what I was trying to say. Now, in the midst of all of this, whatever is happening, please, always watch out for what God is doing. The main noise is not what God is doing. And I can assure you, this nation is doing great things that's not loud. I want you to bear that in mind. When you are praying, just ask him, Lord, show me what you are doing, really. Because in the midst of all of this calamity, God is working out a purpose. I have a conviction in my heart that if we pray and walk with him, all right? We pray and walk with him. When we see what he will produce out of this, this mess, out of all this calamity we are seeing, it will be so glorious we will forget our troubles. This will be like best pangs, of which the woman forgets because a man has been born, like King James would say. I hope you are getting my point. Don't ever forget that. God is doing great things. Now all the trouble, all the noise, that's what makes the news. But behind, the Lord is doing great things.
I'm telling you, behind, the Lord is doing great things. Some of them, you know, because we are streaming, and I want to end this message, I'll say some things. You, even this current administration, you know, I analyzed with somebody earlier in the day. I want to finish analyzing it, I said, my God. <laughs> we can remember a lot of bad things, but you know, God is using them to do, we identified like three critical things that God is using the administration to do. One of them was, even when I was in Joss, I heard that one. And I said, no, good luck could not have done this. Because of the religious thing around it, yes. But just bear this in mind, please. Know that the Lord is doing great things. But what, how do you work with him? How do you cooperate with him so that what he's doing can come to life? It's simple. Take those scriptures, read them out in faith, knowing that he requires you to do them, and say simply to him, thus you have promised. Do this in my generation in the name of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. It's that simple. Let's read this one together as an example. You don't have to rise up, please, but read it loud. From Isaiah chapter 2. This is just what you need to do. Let's start from verse 2. If you are there, say amen. amen. One to let's go. Now it will come about that in the last days, the of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. And all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the Lord will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between the nations, and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. Amen. Amen. Lord, this is what you have promised concerning your church, concerning your people, concerning the Jerusalem from above. Lord, this you have promised concerning the Israel of God. Fulfill these words in our days in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let the mountain of the house of the Lord be established as the chief of all the mountains. In the name of Jesus, Amen. let it be raised above the hills. Amen. Let the nations come into it. Let them come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Let them come inquiring. Let them come saying, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let them come to know Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let the Lord go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Lord, in the name of Jesus, confirm this in our day in Jesus' name. Amen. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Lord, we say, let the government of Christ increase in our generation. Amen. Let him judge between the nations. Let him render decisions for many peoples. Let peace reign as a result. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's it. What are we seeking? Is the glory of Christ. What are we seeking? That's what I started today with. What really are you seeking? Listen, God, let me just say this one before I close. It's God, you know, he's checking what pains you. He's checking what makes you happy. I wanted to know that. God actually checks what pains you. Let me give you an example. If his prog- the progress of his church, I don't mean your denomination, because that's madness. If you are excited that your church is increasing in branches, you are spiritually not normal. Did you hear my point? I, I'm not joking. You know, 
God will be unhappy with you if you are more interested in the progress of your denomination than you are in the progress of the body of Christ. There are churches that get jealous when another church is growing. Such churches will go down. God will move their members to the one they are jealous of. Do I say amen? Don't say amen. If you're a pastor, I've said amen for you. The only way you will increase is for you to celebrate with those who are increasing. That is, a church next door wants to do a crusade. They didn't call you. But you know there to be a true church. You know the minister they are inviting to be, okay, say that's Pastor Kimote is coming. So you've heard him on World versus World. And you, they didn't call you. You just did say, brethren, our, our brethren down the road having a program. Let us pray. That's Pastor Kimote is coming. He will come well. He will be anointed. He will speak only the word of God. Let us pray for them. And there's a sign that your prayer is not just your talk. Carry an offering. Say, brethren, we are taking an offering to support the crusade down the road. Take the offering. Go there. Don't go and do the pastor like, we came to support you. As if you want to, you want to show. If you want to show it as in like we are with you, fine. But don't go like, we want to let you know that. But your senior brothers on this street. I hope I get my point. If you, otherwise, if you can't, if you don't know, just drop it in the offering bar and label it towards the crusade at the end of the week. Put it there. Put your money where your prayer is. What did I say? Mm-hmm. So nobody know how to pray. They will pray like that. They will all night for that church for five weeks. Every week for five weeks to support them. You know, we we'll give them prayer. The prayer just they bounce. When you finish praying, gather an offering. Go and give them. Is it that way? When you do that, you open. You open the doors of heaven for your prayer to enter. Because where a man's treasure is, what happened? There, no, finish it for me. There is heart will be also. So by your money going there, you, your prayers become a heartfelt prayer. Do you get my logic there? Yeah, because sometimes we need to do that. Because sometimes people just do the cheap one. Father, God bless them in Jesus' name. They don't care. And that way you can do it. Go and volunteer. So are you hiring speakers? We have big speakers. That's not, you know, that's money. We'll come and set up our speakers for you. If you don't think like that, yeah, your church will not grow. You know why? That's how Jesus is. He doesn't care about your denomination. He cares about what? The body. There's how many bodies? One body. There's one body. There's one body. I was saying God checks what is inside your heart. If the progress of the church matters to you, he will bless you. Seriously. If the pain of the church hurts you, he will bless you. If the progress of the gospel really matters to you, that's how I'm going to end it today. If it really matters to you, the Lord, he has made a commitment to bless such a person. He will. He will. That is, you really are, when you hear the church is being oppressed, it personally hurts you. If you hear the church is making progress, it personally excites you. Such that if you have the opportunity and the resources to make it happen, you will have, you will do it. God will literally confer a blessing on you. I know what I'm saying. When he said that we bless those who bless you, he was not talking about, you know, people now say, let us face Israel. Pray for Benjamin Netanyahu. That prayer is not more effective than praying for the Igwe of uh, Nike. In fact, the praying for the ego of Nike is more effective if he's a believer. Because Benjamin Netanyahu is 
He insults Christ Jesus every day and he denies Christ on a regular basis and legalizes everything that Moses said he must never legalize. I don't know why Christians like to fool themselves that if I bless a man who hates Jesus Christ, God will bless me. Did John not say, doesn't matter who your father is? Who are the descendants of Abraham? Is it not those who are of faith? The poor don't explain that there is a, there's a son of promise and there's a son of the bondwoman. Who did he describe as his bondwoman? Go and read your scriptures for goodness sake. We'll just be talking nonsense. The promise that I will bless those who bless you, the promise was to Abraham and to his seed. The seed, not, of, not seeds as of many, but his seed as of one. And that seed is whom? Christ. So I know what I'm telling you. God has committed himself that if you will love the progress of Christ on the earth, he will bless you. Why? Because he said, I will bless those who bless you. That promise for Abraham and his seed. Many times we preachers, we preach wrongly. If you want your own progress, you will give money. Let me tell you today, let me serve you notice, God does not reward those offerings. If you want to be blessed today, you will dance to the altar and say, God, this seed is for my progress. Please, Leave the church. Go and use our money to eat corn. That, you know, corn is being roasted along the road now. Eat corn. That's better value for that money. Because as you are dropping that seed in the offering basket, <laughs> dead on arrival. Nothing inside it. God doesn't receive it. He can even make the usher steal it. Just to, just, <laughs> just to put hand in your eye. Now, that's it. That, that's your special seed. Now, Usher will carry it home. And it will be an usher that boozes at midnight. You use your money, buy gooda. You will be there feeling happy that I gave her your seed. God said, No, I rejected it. It will show you a vision. Say that, that gooda and those halos. Now you they pay. Nonsense. <laughs> Christians can do some funny things. How do you give as a believer? He said you will see the result of the travail of your soul and you will be satisfied. It is not what you gain. It is, Lord, I hear they are going to do outreach in this place. I cannot go, but my money can go. Then they will now come back and say, brethren, five Muslims were baptized. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Ah. You know, that one of our brothers, you know, I just told, uh, told one of our brothers, please call him, is there anything they need? At that time, you know what, they had just prayed. That for evangelism, they need a, a projector. They pray like, ah, no, they don't have all the cash, all the resources that many churches have. So they had to pray to be able to, so, so he said, ah, if we can get a new project, the only one will say, ah, that's a lot of money, say, so let's pray about it. They prayed like on Saturday. On Monday, they got a call. That please, what will you people need? He said, this is what we're, we're just finished praying about. And why do we make that call? It was because one of our sisters said, ah, Pastor Banky, there was something you said some people are doing. How can I contribute? I said, all right, send the money you have. So she sent the money, gave it to us. I asked people, when they told me what they needed, I said, ah, we have some more extra money. We added money to what she sent. Do you get my point? And gave them the projector. And they sent a video of them using the projector for evangelism. Not in English, but in Hausa. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, so I could tell the person, I said, let's see, look at the thing you sent money for. 
other brethren contributed money, the money became enough. This is the result of the travail of your soul. If that does not satisfy you, you are not blessed. A blessed person sees that and is what? Satisfied. So when you hear that people give their lives to Christ because I gave some money, you are happy. Not I gave a thousand naira that's now multiplied to ten thousand useless naira. That nonsense. Bye-bye to jati jati. Bye-bye to yono yono. In the name of Jesus. We are stopping that rubbish. We are giving now from the love we have for the progress of the body of Christ on the earth. Let's bow down heads and give a lot of thanks for that. Say, Lord, we thank you. Let's give him thanks. Let's thank the Lord and say, Father, we thank you indeed for what you're doing in your church, for what you're doing in the nation. Of course, the Lord is working. Might not be loud, but it's effective. So let's give the Lord thanks and say, Father, we thank you. Give Him thanks indeed. Thank Him for the truth that um, you've learned that has entered your heart again this evening. Say, Father, thank you for the truth of your word. We are grateful. We are grateful. Thank you for opening our eyes again. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging our hearts. Thank you for instruction. Thank you for correction. We'll give the Lord thanks for that, for instruction, for correction. We've been instructed, we've been corrected. The Lord indeed, but we've even been encouraged. So thank the Lord for encouragement. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the testimonies. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the prophecies. We thank you for your promise. Because these are the things we hold on to. And this is our hope. That you have said it and we look forward to it. So the manifestation of what you have said concerning your church and concerning the nation that you have placed us in. Father, we thank you. We give you praise forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I said praise the name of Jesus. All right, um, for those of us who are online, uh, quickly our next meeting will be on Friday. And that would be, um, of course, a Bible study where you have the opportunity to ask questions and also make contributions. Um, there are, of course, there are other details that you would want with respect to giving to the ministry. I believe they are presently displayed on your screen. And if you want to know more, you want to get information about Kingdom World Ministries, we we'll, we'll encourage you to please send us a mail. That is, um, the email address is mails at pastor.ng. Again, is at meals at pastor.ng. Please, shall we share the grace as we go? Let's not forget our next meeting will be on Friday. God bless you. Let's share the grace as we go. One, two, three, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and we walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Just give that to one of your neighbors. Say, this is your season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. And the last one to yourself. This is my season of this demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ.
Amen. Share our brethren. See you on Friday.